Kokomo Friday, May 17th, and boy, do we have an underwhelming week of two-star pitchers coming up for you. Now, full disclosure, I actually haven't had a chance to look at the list yet. I'm going to do that right now, but I have heard Chris talk about it, and Chris is very pessimistic about the two-star pitchers. Isn't that right, Chris Towers? Oh, I mean, you know, Trevor Bowers got the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays. That's not bad. Uh, Carlos Carrasco's got Oakland and Tampa Bay. Patrick Corbin's got New York Mets and Miami. So there's a lot of great two-star pitcher options this week. I don't know what you're talking about. Not the guys we were – not the guys I was referring to. And also, Zach Greinke's on this list, and he might not be able to make two starts. But in terms of the available guys, yeah, it uh, might be a little rough next week. That's Chris. Good morning, Heath Cummings. Welcome. That that was extremely smooth and a great transition and did not seem weird at all. And I appreciate the way that you did it. Good morning to you as well, sir. I was trying to think of something to say. Like, I feel like we should, hey, how about that game last night? There were many really good baseball games yesterday. So many runs, so many football scores, position players pitching, which I know Chris hates and I kind of love. So, yeah, it was a great day of baseball. It was fun when, like, once every two weeks a shortstop had to pitch in like the 14th inning of a tie game. Now it's like twice a day. Blame the baseballs. Somebody had, I can't remember which team. I think it might have been the White Sox. They had someone pitching, a position player pitching in the ninth inning in a five-run game. (laughs) That's stupid. That is not, that's terrible. I yeah I, fun. I think they're trying to ban yeah. that scenario. I think next year, if you have a p- position player pitching, it might have to be a certain amount of runs. How about this quote, actually? Uh, I hate doing that. I absolutely hate it. I've been managing for a long time. That's only the second time I've ever done it. There was just no one left in our bullpen, and Brandon told me he did it a few times last year in with Cincinnati, so I put him out there. That was Ron Gardenhire, Tigers manager, on using Brandon Dixon to pitch the ninth. Okay, welcome to the show. Let's talk about some baseball here. When I said to Heath, how about that game, I was actually referring to the Warriors game, but whatever. Uh, Who is your favorite two-start streamer that might actually be available in some leagues and is owned in less than 70% of leagues? Uh, Who's it going to be next week? Spencer Turnbull. Sorry, I just wanted to say it really fast because he is absolutely the only possible answer that might be even kind of good, and only because he's facing the Marlins in one of those starts. I think he's kind of good. He's. I think there's definitely something there with Spencer Turnbull, and he given that, might I might be okay. I think he's a very good two-star pitcher option this week, but yeah, there's just there's a a very limited number that are owned in less than seventy percent of leagues that are projected, and none of them are good. And none of them have good matchups. Like, I'm not totally disinterested in Wade Miley. And he does get the White Sox to start off the week. But then he's against the Red Sox. And I'm not sure I trust Wade Miley against the Red Sox enough to start him. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be fine in a points league. You're going to use him. And and I don't, like, I don't think Turnbull's bad. It's just I don't think we really know anything about him yet. He is this really weird thing where he's given up 13 earned runs, 7 unearned runs on the season. He's got a... Sierra and XFIP with like 4.3. 
and he's got an ERA of 2.4. So, yeah, he's definitely the kind of guy you start in a two-start week with hope, but I don't think with any sort of certainty. Okay, and we'll see if the two-star pitcher list tends to change. So it'll be a little fluid. And what's really going to be interesting, and we'll look at this later in the show, is a bunch of highly owned two-star pitchers and whether or not we're willing to start them next week. Jay Happ, uh, Chris Archer. Trevor Bauer. You <laughs> Darvish. Obviously, we're going to talk about Trevor Bauer in just a little bit. But I, I think Turnbull and Miley are probably the only two worth really looking at. And then if you look at the two-star pitcher list right now, you'll see Daniel Norris on there. He is only going to be a one-star pitcher next week. I'm almost positive. But I do think his start will be against Miami. So keep that in mind. Weekend streamers. So, yeah, last last week I said Pablo Lopez, and he gave up like 10 runs in an inning, I think. And I sort of said his name and gave him somewhat of an endorsement and got killed for it, so I apologize. So let me just say with weekend streamers, and guys, if you take a look at the notes I sent you, I did this uh, just before we started the show. I put uh, about 15 names in there for weekend streamers. It's not great. I like Cole Irving a little bit against Colorado. I like... Okay, I think you need to pick up Corbin Martin. He's only 66% owned. I don't think you just have to start him at Boston. But I'm surprised Martin's not more owned after his Major League debut with Houston. Ronaldo Lopez against Toronto is really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I think he's probably under-owned at 46%. Uh, he's actually... I had kind of given up on him coming into the season, but he's shown some stuff... Um, Particularly with the changeup, he's showing a renewed confidence in that, and that was something last year, late in the year, that both he and the pitching coach for the White Sox talked about as being a key for him. So, you know, that's interesting. I think Steven Matz at the Marlins is probably my favorite. Yeah, right off the IL, though? Yeah, it was just a little injury. He's fine. I think it's good too. That, okay, so you got Ronaldo Lopez. You also have Lucas Giolito against Toronto. Matt's yeah, at Miami. Be more owned. He's seventy-one percent owned. But the thing is, the, here's the theme with a lot of these pitchers that I could see them having good starts. I could also see them because of their track record having terrible starts. Jordan Lyles at San Diego, um, Giolito in particular, Ronaldo Lopez. These guys are really unpredictable. Tyler Skaggs against Kansas City. I can't quite trust him. John Means at Cleveland is interesting. I actually do think there are a lot of interesting weekend streamers, but if you had to pick one, who would it be if you look at that list? Or maybe two. Would it be Giolito and Eikhoff against, or Giolito and Lopez against Toronto? I'd rather have Eikhoff than Lopez, I think. Okay. He, uh, I'd rather have Lopez than Eikhoff for this matchup. Um, are the Blue Jays worse than the Rockies on the road? Oh, I, I don't know. Yes. I, I just think Ronaldo Lopez is potentially a better pitcher and I think there's more upside for sure and if you're streaming starting pitchers you're probably looking for upside at this point okay and Matt's, what, Matt's what, has what, a ton what of went wrong with Jared Eikhoff what did I miss he had a terrible start uh, two days ago okay yeah it, it was a really bad start yeah. <laughs> I mean you're talking about where we might have to bench Trevor Bauer in a two-start week with good matchups so you know if, if anybody's overreacting it's not me you're not benching him. you're not benching Bauer right Heath no, I think the most interesting thing is where to because I had just updated all of my rankings yesterday, and um, now I uh, the the one thing I thought of this morning is I was like, well, I'm going to move Bauer down a little bit. He was like fifth. Would you rather have Trevor Bauer or Chris Sale rest of year? And I think the answer has to be Chris Sale. Yeah, I, I, mean, I have so like here's the thing that's tough. 
they were pretty much identical last season. Sale had a better ERA, I'm pretty sure, but in terms of peripherals, they were very close. They both had injury issues. Bowers was less concerning. If we're saying we're we're fine with Chris Sale now because he's made four good starts in a row, well, Trevor Bowers made I would I would have to assume just as many good starts this season as Chris Sale has, but since they've been out of order, that like I I, I think based on peripherals, Sale has been better than Bauer this year. Maybe he has like the third best Sierra in baseball. Really? Yeah. I I think that I'm pretty confident that when Sale pitches, he'll be better than Bauer, not much better but he'll be better. I'd rather have him when he pitches, but you cannot just ignore your concerns coming into the season that he missed so much time at the end of last year with a shoulder injury. It could happen again. He's probably more likely to get hurt. I would, I would pro I would take sale. I would take sale over Bauer. So just, just to uh, clarify what I said earlier, Chris sale has a 2.72 Sierra mm-hmm. and a 2.86 a XFIP. Trevor Bowers are 4.15 and 4.12. I don't understand what's going like unless it's just the thing we talked about at the beginning of the year. I didn't look last night if he threw the curveball a little bit more. They, they said his curveball earlier in the year was, it was, was just that he didn't was not throwing his best pitch. They said his curveball was not working last night. As I watched a little bit of it, not, so he had a seven. We're talking about Trevor Bauer right now. He had a seven earned run start three starts ago. So I decided to watch his last start before last night. I think it was over the weekend, and he was amazing. And I just. Did not have any concerns. I think he gave up two unearned runs, and I was like, he's fine. It was a fluke, whatever. And last night he was awful again. He just didn't have it. The broadcaster said his curveball wasn't really working for him, for what that's worth. Um, he it, did throw it a lot last It's night. two out of three starts now with seven earned runs. You also look at the walks for Trevor Bauer, and they are way up. 31 walks in 64 and two-thirds. Last year he had uh, – where's the stat? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of me. But – Last year, he also did walk a lot of guys in in the early going. First seven starts, he had 19 walks. Last 21 appearances, he had 38 walks. So um, maybe that maybe that's just I don't know. Maybe that'll work its way out. But I can't. I don't know. I just can't be concerned about Trevor Bowers. Like I'm just there are too many pitchers that are <laughs> unreliable, and I'm not putting Bauer there yet. It's just two of his last three starts. I'm not. Terrible. No. 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 I, I know you aren't either. This is I'm a just totally saying. different conversation. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's the where does he rank amongst the aces now? But he's still in the top fifteen starting pitchers. He's just he's not in my top five anymore. He's well, lost a little velocity on his non fastball pitches, which is interesting because I haven't really, especially the slider and cutter, and I haven't really heard anything uh, that says that that was intentional. He has over the last couple of starts thrown his curveball about twenty five to 30 percent of the time so whether he had the feel for it yesterday or not he does seem to be more confident than he was with it early in the season so Heath as I look at your recently updated rankings Scherzer Verlander Snell Cole DeGrom Kershaw Sale Corbin Bauer it's right there at nine with Bauer once you get to 10 and beyond probably some exceptions there but I don't know. I feel like that's a tier there. And then you have Carrasco, Paxton, Strasburg, Cindergaard, Granky, Nola. You've got some injury issues there. you got some guys who have been, like Nola, who's just been really disappointing. But the, the only one that I would really take take you up take up uh, issue with is Kershaw. I would not put Kershaw over Bauer. 
Why? Yeah, I don't think I would either. Because I think uh, he's going to be too homer prone. Because I think he's maybe the most likely pitcher in baseball to go back on the IL. And because his strikeout rate is going to pale in comparison to Bowers. Yeah, like, and that's not to say that Kershaw's not going to be good. I just think I would rather have him at maybe the top of the next tier than in the middle of the tier he's in. Care to respond? Cool. <laughs> okay. No. No, I mean, I, I, I think, think we should spend the whole show doing this. On Kershaw? No. Oh. Just picking apart. We've done record. this Kershaw thing plenty of times before this season, and I I just think he's going to be good. And Yeah, maybe he's going to get hurt. Maybe all of the pitchers in the top 10 are going to get hurt. Uh, if we're being fair, like Kershaw hasn't been great. What's he got, like a 330-ish ERA? He's been, I think, better than Bauer by he, every that, measure but strikeouts. Now he has been, after yesterday's start. Um I don't know about before that. It, okay, Bauer, I just, last thing on Bauer for me, I just wish Terry Francona would ease off a little bit. Like, he just won't take him out of games early. Even yesterday, he threw like 99 pitches. He throws so many pitches, and it's frustrating. I mean, look, he's built, look he's we built all know, that. we all know there are certain matchups that you just have to write off, and I think we can all agree that Baltimore's one of them. So, yeah. I would like to look, and this won't this be team too got difficult. The win. He's, his team to get the win, he didn't though, so he was not responsible for eh, it. He was he was the winner. There was some research a year or two back about what 115 pitch outings did to starting pitchers in their next start. Mm-hmm. And he's had multiple of those this year, and I feel like he's been coming off of one like the last two times he's blown up. I don't well, think he so. did last time though, or I I don't think he threw that many pitches previous time out. But there, you could tell me. But there he threw 122 of, the previous time. Oh, out. did he so, really? Yeah, it's yes. it's insane. It's just like take him out of the game. He's he overuses him. All right, guys, we got to move on because we haven't even talked about Brendan Rodgers, uh, who I put in the notes as Brendan Ryan, less interesting than Brendan Rodgers. So here are your news and notes. Oh, wait, something very important to tell you about PGA Championships going on. People like golf. It is true. You can watch this coverage on CBS Sports HQ. Not streaming the tournament on uh, CBS Sports HQ, but on the mobile app we are. You can watch the tournament live stream on Saturday and Sunday in the CBS Sports mobile app and on CBSSports.com. It is entirely free. And if you want some great analysis of the NBA playoffs, of baseball, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, of anything going on in sports, but specifically this weekend, PGA Championship, please check out CBS Sports HQ. Streaming Sports Network, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You get the news, the highlights, and the in-depth analysis and uh, insider takes from our fantasy experts, from our betting experts. Uh, Yeah, please check it out, CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports app on your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV. Start watching today. So Brendan Rodgers is up, shortstop eligible, might be able to play a little second base for the Colorado Rockies. He is right-handed, which is good. The Rockies have faced seven consecutive left-handed starters. That's amazing. And people are freaking out about Daniel Murphy because he has sat five straight games. Maybe he just sits against lefties now. But And he's not really been good this year so far. Well, yeah, I think it's not he sits against lefties now. I think it's... He's not hitting well right now, and once he does, he'll probably play more against left. All right, but Rodgers, do you think he plays every day? I hope so. I I don't know how this relates to Trevor Story's injury that he suffered earlier this week. I don't. I think that there's an opportunity for him too, because McMahon certainly hasn't taken the job. Garrett Hampson couldn't hit anything at all, so there's a, a huge opportunity here. We just need. I, 
the way the Rockies have handled this situation, it feels like he just has to perform almost immediately. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest concern with him when we talk about like the the five or six prospects who've been called up in the last week. I think in terms of talent and situation, he's either one A or one B for me with Keston Hira. Um, it's just a question of will the Rockies finally give a young guy the opportunity to play every day because they didn't do it with David Dahl. They didn't do it with Ryan McMahon. They didn't do it with Garrett Hampson. And so at some point you do have to wonder what the organizational philosophy is. And over the last couple of years, the organizational philosophy for the Rockies seems to be let's play worse players than better player. (laughs) Yeah. Like Mark Reynolds is playing a lot right now, but we'll see what happens when they get some righties in the lineup. I put in a pretty big bid for Brendan Ryan. Did I get him? In the uh, Memorial League, I put in not a, if you bid on Brendan Ryan because I don't Brandon, think he's Brendan Rogers. Uh, I put in at least a thirty dollar bid. Which uh, did I get him? I got Cole Irvin for zero dollars. Talk about him. I got him for thirty one dollars. And yet the day before, the day before, Keston Hero went for thirty three dollars. So these guys are big. Austin Riley went for sixteen dollars. Although if he were still available, and he 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 doubled off the wall last night. You know what? We're gonna get into all these prospects in a second because they're I all. I got Nicky Lopez for zero dollars. Force, yeah, Homer. Congratulations, thanks. Malik, Malik Smith is back. Needless to say, Malik Smith should be owned in any steals league, any league that has steals. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It, he was hitting like three forty in AAA, so hopefully he just figured out whatever was wrong and can go back to being. I'm not gonna expect twenty eighteen levels again, but a two eighty hitter. And that'll be enough for him to steal a bunch of bases. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be milestone in points leagues too, but you don't have to add him yet. Okay, he's batting ninth. He batted ninth yesterday. He homered at Malik Smith, so we'll keep an eye on where he bats. Trey Turner could return today. Carlos Martinez is going to come off the IL this weekend. He'll pitch out of the bullpen. We don't expect him to get saves, right, Carlos Martinez? If Jordan Hicks implodes. Yeah, we don't. There was something in the notes yesterday or the day before that Martinez is still hopeful that he can work his way back into the rotation after the All-Star break. So I don't know if that's in the Cardinals' plans, but that seems to be in Martinez's plans. He wants to start. Michael Conforto could go on the seven-day concussion IL. Seems somewhat likely. Jeff McNeil also left yesterday's game, and he expects to return soon. He doesn't think it's a big deal. He has a side issue. Kenta Maeda is going on the IL with a hamstring strain. So what does that mean for the Dodgers with Maeda on the IL? So Ross Stripling, I don't think, has pitched since May 5th. So He's ready. One would hope. Um, I would guess he slides into the rotation. Uh, Julio Arias is not currently with the team. So Ross Stripling could get a chance. It, it's, it's the Dodgers, so who knows how serious the injury for Kenta Maeda is. He's... Coming off his best start of the season, maybe he threw too many pitches, and it hurt his hamstring. <laughs> he threw 85 pitches. That might That's be too lot. many. Yeah, I think 86 is his season high. But they can't let him get to 160 innings, so you got to put him on the IL for a couple of weeks. Trevor Williams left with side discomfort. Zach Greinke is going to have an MRI today. Steven Matz is going to start tomorrow at Miami, 71% owned. We talked about him. Cleveland outfielder Tyler Naquin will be out longer than expected. Why is that significant? Because it could impact Oscar Mercado, who did not start yesterday. Uh, Mike Fultonevich is changing his mechanics. They are not going to skip his turn in the rotation. We'll see if this mechanical adjustment for Fultonevich works. Anthony Rizzo expected back this weekend. Chris Bryant has made three appearances at first base. 
probably won't get to five. Nelson Cruz expected back today. By the way, five in CBS leagues get you position eligibility. And Anibal Sanchez likely going on the IL with a hamstring strain. Eric Fetty will probably replace him in the Nationals rotation. I know you want even more talk about all of these prospects. They are, of course, on the most added list. Uh, number one on the most added list is Corbin Martin, then Austin Riley, then Keston Hira. So we're going to talk about it all right after this quick break on Fantasy Baseball Today. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Okay, Corbin Martin, number one. He is up to 66% owned. He's the most added player. He was 5% owned last week. Austin Riley and Keston Hurt Hira. All three of these guys... Martin, pitcher for the Astros. Riley, third baseman, soon outfield eligible for the Braves. Hira, second baseman for the Brewers. 66 to 68% owned. Does that sound appropriate to you guys? I I would think Hira and Riley should be higher than that. Martin, I just, I don't know how long he's going to stay. He kind of skipped the line in terms of the Astros rotation. He was not a name on anyone's radars before the season. Uh, to be the sixth starter. I think Forrest Whitley's gone off to a really bad start in AAA. Josh James hasn't been good out of the bullpen. But who knows how strong his grip on a rotation spot might be. I think you could say the same thing for Hiera for sure, though. Maybe for Riley. Like, Hiera had a 28% strikeout rate this year in AAA, and he's whiffed in about 40 sure, but, of his plate but he's, so he's a top 10 prospect in baseball, at least a top 20 across the board. Right. Corbin Martin, I would assume, was a top 10 prospect for the Astros, but I'm not actually even sure of that. Right. So, No, there's more upside with Yura. I just don't think... I think the problem, and it was kind of similar to Rodgers, you just don't know if he's going to be a full-time player the rest of the year or if he's up while Travis Shaw's in the IL. I think it, I think with Hira especially, I think it just will come down to performance. And He did strike out four times in yesterday's game, so that wasn't a great one. All right, so we've got Martin, Riley, and Hira there. Then we have Brendan Rodgers, who's also in that group, and we've already talked about him. you, you got to get him. You know, the issue with Rodgers right now is that he's shortstop eligible, and if you play in a shallow league like our podcast league, you know, I have Carlos Correa and I have Elvis Andrews. I did pick up Brendan Rodgers because I he'll hopefully have second-base eligibility. That would really be a game-changer. But in that league, nobody needs a shortstop, really. But still. Oh, shortstop is I, – I was looking at that yesterday. There are like seven elite shortstops and then like eight more that might be elite, and yeah. I don't – Who was – there was someone that you pointed out was like 12th at shortstop who was having a an... – Carlos Correa has like a 950 yeah. OPS, and he's hitting over 300, and he's played 40 games, yeah, and he is 12th at shortstop. He doesn't, he doesn't run. He doesn't run. If you don't, if you don't well, steal bases – Yeah, but still, like if you don't – that's true, but also if you don't steal bases – also, Correa did miss a little bit of time uh, with a minor injury. He's played the same number of games, I think, as Javi Baez. Really? Oh, I, then 40. I have no explanation for it. You're right, no, though. I mean, it's just the, I, the position's incredibly deep, and yeah. maybe Correa's had a lower amount of runs in RBI than you would otherwise expect. Maybe 
hitting behind George Springer hasn't given him a lot of RBI opportunities because George Springer's hitting every ball for a home run right now. But yeah, it's just the position is incredibly deep right now. And it's actually, I think it's an interesting philosophical discussion that we're going to have to have in the next couple of years because, you you know, I don't really care about the positional replacement level, basically. I think second base and, and catcher are maybe the two exceptions, but because teams are shifting so much more often, there's a lot of evidence that they just don't care about infield defense quite as much as they used to. I mean, the Brewers are a perfect example. They were playing Travis Shaw and Mike Moustakas uh, alternating at second and third base. So maybe it's just we're seeing more guys who even five years ago might not have been on at shortstop, but teams are more willing to keep them there to keep their bat in the lineup. Okay, so Rodgers... 56% owned, that might go up. Then we have other prospects who aren't quite his own. We have Nicky Lopez at 22%, Oscar Mercado at 27%, and Willie Calhoun at 25%. And he has homered in both games since being recalled. And I don't know if I'm missing anyone. Cole Irvin at 16%, pitcher for the Phillies, who I believe is pitching today against the Rockies. And not a strikeout guy, but maybe could help you with ERA and whip. Maybe get some wins. All right, so anyway, with those other guys, the next tier, Nicky Lopez, Oscar Mercado, Willie Calhoun, and and who oh the oh Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin, thank you, sorry. What do you think? Should they be more owned? They're widely available. I'm not sure that Nicky Lopez is in the top five in terms of the upside of prospects on this list but I would bet he's going to be in the top three at the end of the year in terms of performance just because they called him up, slotted him in second in the order between Merrifield and Mondesi. There's really no competition. They don't want to put Chris Owings back on the field. And he has the type of profile that has a pretty high floor with very few strikeouts and a lot of walks and decent contact. So he's not going... I, I would much rather own him in a deeper league where... I need to have the performance right now as opposed to somewhere where I can, I'm just adding someone to stash to see if they're going to be great. And he'll yeah, be second he, I, I actually do like his profile quite a bit. I know Oscar Mercado has been someone who's gotten more height than Lopez, and that's just because of the stolen bases. But, you know, Nicky Lopez has a little bit of Whit Merrifield in his profile. Makes a lot of contact, steals a few bases. Hits and he walks. Yeah, so I think there's the potential there for him to be a useful fantasy option. The problem is he's... Shortstop. Yeah, but he'll so. be second base. Well, he's going to get right? second. He'll yeah. be a second base. Yeah. He'll be right, second base big. very soon. That's big. Okay, so then quickly, do you think Mercado, Willie Calhoun, definitely worth talking about here, or Cole Irvin need to be added in more leagues? I think Mercado and Willie Calhoun. Mercado should be owned in, I think, most Roto leagues. Um, I, I am baffled by the idea that Tyler Naquin's uh, eventual return might cost him playing time. If Mercado hits, I think he'll he'll play pretty regularly. I don't really see it with Cole Irvin. Um, and I think Willie Calhoun, he's a big beefy baseball boy, and you know I'm always going to uh you know I'm always going to love those guys. Probably going to be in the minor leagues again in like a month. But I, I maybe, <laughs> but I hope not. Like this but, is this I, me too. It's a very similar thing to what we saw with Alex Verdugo before this season where there were big defensive concerns. Actually, Willa Calhoun apparently lost a bunch of weight this offseason and has been... I mean, I think they've played him at DH both games. No, but, he played left field last night. Okay, there you go. And, yeah. and there there were reports in spring training that he was 
looking better in the outfield. I, I don't have defensive metrics for triple a round rock or whatever, wherever they play. Um, but I'm hopeful because the profile for fantasy is potentially really, really good. It's potentially a four category profile. It's potentially, you know, if he, if he does hit because he doesn't strike out very much and because he hits for solid power, uh, I think Willie Calhoun could be someone that you're starting in every fantasy league. Yeah, I think it's worth a shot. We can't give up on him this early in his career just because he was a little disappointing. Okay, so back to the... <laughs> what? 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 Why are you laughing? Oh, but I'm just enjoying the, the show. What did we do? Is somebody moving my furniture right now? No one was moving your furniture. It was the uh, <laughs> it was the uh, the combination of you repeat, sending repeated messages faster, please, faster, and Chris going on. Oh, you, really I, I didn't receive any of those messages, Adam. <laughs> I, I noticed. Just, so every time you sent a message, Chris would bring up a new thing about Willie. I Calhoun. don't. I don't know if you you sent me that message, <laughs> yeah, Adam. I did, because sure I, did. I I am not getting the little ding noise. You shouldn't be. It's your computer should be muted. So as I read more players, should, Heath. I read more players on the most added list here. If they're available in your league, are you rushing to pick them up? Tommy Lestella, seventy percent owned. No. <laughs> Lucas, sure. You should probably add him. Lucas Giolito, seventy-two percent owned. Yeah, I think he's a pitcher with upside. So Hunter it depends on how your pitching staff look. Hunter Pence, forty-four percent. No. Ronnie Rodriguez, thirty-one percent. No. Nah. James McCann, sixty-six percent. There should be more catchers yes. on here. Jason Castro, sixteen yes. percent. Crushing the ball. Mm, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Aled- he's, a, he's a catcher. Aledmus Diaz, eighteen percent. No. No. Nah. Steve Ciszek, twenty-five percent. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And he's gonna get the saves for the Cubs for as long as their current injury situation lasts. Let's talk about more from Thursday's games, including this annoying cough I have. So Trevor Bauer is not the only stud starting pitcher to struggle yesterday. Zach Wheeler, his previous six starts, Wheeler was 3-1 with a 2.93 ERA, 49 strikeouts in 40 innings, 12% swinging strike rate, seven innings or more in four of six starts, actually just seven innings in four of six starts, crushed yesterday by the Nationals, six runs on 11 hits in six innings. And he's got ugly numbers, 485 ERA. But I'm going to throw it out there. Now is the time to go get Zach Wheeler if anyone's selling. Is he done pitching against the Nationals? Does no. he have any more outings scheduled against His the Nationals? His next start, it's the Nationals. <laughs> he has faced the Nationals three times this season, and he has given up 17 runs wow. in those three starts. He's been pretty good against everyone else. He cannot handle the Nationals. So I think maybe after his next start would be the time to go at him. I think you got to get him now. Two starts. He's there. Like, not add him, trade for him, I guess. He might be cheaper after his next start, though. Maybe. I'm going to give you a player and you tell me if you're buying the breakout. But before we do that, actually, I will will open the floor to you guys if there's anyone from yesterday that you really want to talk about that we haven't spoken about yet. So Willie Calhoun, uh, you know, got into better shape. Nothing. No, we're good. Okay, let's, let's keep it flowing. Come um, on, you put these notes. Rugnet Odor double donged, yeah. and he needs to get going because he might not have a job when Elvis Andrews comes back. He'd been awful this year, but we know, as we have for three or four years now, that Rugnet Odor is a very streaky hitter, and so if he's getting ready to start a hot streak, 
then uh, might be uh, might be Peyton worthy of paying attention to. Yeah, he his second home run, Odor's second home run did come off of a position player. But last year, his first 45 games, he had a 602 OPS. His next 50 games, he had a 1024 OPS with nine steals, 14 home runs, 328 batting average in 50 games. And then his last 34 games, 516 OPS. So it's always something to keep an eye on, a Rudnet Odor hot streak. Not someone you, you should know never... that Rudnet streakiness was the subject of Chris and I's first fight ever. Really? At CBS. Yes. Wow. Oh, by the way, I got an email from someone said, I forgot one of the players that always makes us fight and argue on fantasy baseball today, and that's Joey Votto. So, yes, thank you. Joey Votto is there. And apparently, Rudin had door, too. Okay, are you buying the breakout? I'll give you a name. You tell me. Are you buying the breakout? Zach Davies. No. Okay. No, I just I don't see anything in his profile that would make me think this is anything close to sustainable. Obviously, a 1-5-4 ERA isn't, but... I think he's probably a four ERA guy moving forward at best. How about Zach Eflin? Not quite. It's really interesting because he was someone that we all liked before the season uh, because the stuff looked really good last year and the stuff hasn't looked quite as good this year, but he's pitched better. So I'm kind of six on the biometer. I buy him much more than Davies. I own him. I start him regularly. But I feel like the bottom's getting ready to fall out. Chris Bassett, fifty-three percent owned. He's at Cleveland next week, so you might want him as a one-start guy. But Bassett's been amazing: one ninety-three ERA, nine walks, thirty-eight strikeouts, and thirty-two and two-thirds. Three starts of seven or more innings and in five starts. Anybody buying a fifty-three percent owned Chris Bassett? More than Davies for sure. Prob- the only reason that probably not as much as Eflin is because we liked Eflin before the season and basically <laughs> ignored Bassett. But he's been really good so far, and he should definitely be owning more than 54% of leagues. Yeah, I just it, – it, I don't know because he he's talked about he's not trying to strike more guys out, and he hasn't really made – he hasn't talked about any, like, significant change that he's made. He's throwing a sinker 37% of the time, which is not usually what you would think would lead to strikeouts. So I'm buying it more than Davies for sure. But, but we had seen him, like – He'd had some injury problems and only been in the majors for short spurts in the past. But we had she- seen him be a slightly above average pitcher. He's got a three five eight career ERA. Right, but it was never the way he's doing it now. Sure. So that that's what's hard to buy in. Okay, Chris Bassett. I, I was looking to pick him up. It was, for the first time, I was looking to pick him up. He's, he's owned in a lot of my leagues. Uh, are we buying the breakout of Domingo Herman, top five starting pitcher, 250 ERA, he is 8-1, and one, and a strikeout per inning, a .95 whip. Are we buying the Domingo Herman breakout? Yes. Not top five pitcher, no. but yeah, I, I think he, he's he's legitimately breaking out. I I th- I think what may determine whether he's legitimately breaking out is whether he can continuously pitch deeper into ball games. I think he's averaging just over six innings per start right now. There's st- he's still having a lot of good fortune currently, and so I think he's probably more of a top thirty starting pitcher than a top fifteen starting. Oh yeah, pitcher. no, I yeah. yeah, I didn't think he was a like I, I was thinking about it as I was talking, and I almost said like top twenty five, but yeah, but that's. A guy you're starting every time out. Pretty much. That's Zach Wheeler or Matt Boyd, according to Scott and Heath's rankings, top 25. Irvine, I think I have him below both those guys for sure. 
Erman is getting a lot of whiffs. That's nice. But you're right about pitching deep into games. Going into the start on Wednesday, he had bad numbers third time through the order. A lot of that was one start against the Rays where he gave up two home runs. But against the Orioles, he went seven innings, but he really ran into trouble. I think he loaded the bases in the seventh, and he got out of the jam. So that is the the concern there. But I think for six innings, he's going to be really good. And then you turn it over to that bullpen, and that's why he's got eight wins, right? Uh, Paul DeYoung, are we buying the breakout? Second in points. Obviously, yes. Seventh in road. He's been better in points. His plate discipline has been really good. 24 walks to 32 strikeouts, or at least say his walk-to-strikeout ratio has been really good. And DeYoung has has scored 36 runs in 44 games. I know Heath's buying the breakout. Chris, are you buying the Paul DeYoung breakout? Sure. <laughs> sure. Not as a, again, not as a top six shortstop or anything like that, but... Yeah, I, I think he was underrated coming into the season. I think Heath was 100% correct on that. Uh, but I also don't buy him being like an elite shortstop. I think he'd probably settle in closer to the 10-12 range. But that's a lot better than what you drafted him at. The weird thing about DeYoung is like almost nothing that's happened so far, I think, <laughs> is, makes a lot of sense. Um, the improved strikeout rate's great, and he makes good contact. And he has good power, but he's scored way more runs than you would expect him to score moving forward. He's got considerably fewer RBI than you would expect for the way he's produced, hitting behind Paul Goldschmidt. He's pr- he's not a 354 BABIP guy, so he's not going to hit 300. But he only has a 12% home run to fly ball rate, so he's probably going to hit a couple more home runs. Okay, Paul the Young. Would you rather have Paul the Young or... Let me take a look at the shortstop rankings here. Paul the Young or Xander Bogarts? Bogarts. Heath has him back-to-back. Bogarts, eight. Paul DeYoung, nine. Would you rather have Paul DeYoung or Corey Seager? DeYoung. I think DeYoung at this point. Okay. Finally, buying the breakout, Trey Mancini. Are you buying it? 313 batting average, nine home runs, a lot more fly balls this year. I feel like we did a different segment last week about... Like some kind of like turning back into a pumpkin yes. type thing. I'm not exactly sure how we we phrased it, but I'm pretty sure that was the discussion on Trey Mancini. So I I buy that he will be better than 2018 and probably closer to 2017. But I don't think he's significantly better. He's not a, like a top 18 first baseman for me. So and first base isn't a great position. It's not like as good a shortstop. So. Yeah, I think he's going to be a little better. Okay. Would you prefer Mancini or Hunter Dozier? Dozier. That's really close. I'm going to say push. Mancini That's not or an answer. It was a question. No, it was an answer. Mancini or... Uh, Chris's dr- rankings go this way and this way. Oh, no. The beautiful thing is I don't have rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Mancini or uh, Matt Olson? Olson. Olson. Hey, speaking of the Orioles, our headline of the day comes from Sports Illustrated. Orioles commit the most egregious play in MLB history. And then Sports Illustrated, just, like, just Google it. Sports Illustrated absolutely eviscerates the Orioles for botching this play with the bases loaded, allowing it. It was like score. they forgot how to play baseball. <laughs> I'm watching like, it. It's right like now. they forgot the basic rules of the game of baseball. It was incredible. Yeah, okay, wait. So Kipnis grounds to second. Was Kipnis safe? Kipnis grounds to second base. With Everybody the bases was safe on this play. They did not get an out in they, this play. They have a runner and it a run bases down. Bases loaded, ground out to second. <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to tag the runner going from it's first really to second. Bad. 
That guy, like, just backs up. <laughs> and so he goes after him and then throws home, doesn't get the guy at home. No, he throws, then he throws the, the first. Throws. He throws the first. It doesn't get Kipnis. He threw it to first, and, and the, the first guy beats baseman. the throw. Then the first baseman throws home, and the runner scores from third. So, yeah, yeah, everybody was safe. That was unbelievable. Like, throw home immediately, dude. Just they like nothing about like nothing about the decision making on this play made any amount of sense. You go home and then to first. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, that was it is really funny. Uh, all right, we gotta take one more quick break on fantasy uh, fantasy baseball today. We've got emails and tweets. We've got some random stats that are interesting. We got some more double dongs, grand slam from jerks and profar. Uh, yeah, boy, we got a lot of stuff here. We'll see how much we can get to. And weekend streamers and two-star pitchers right after this. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Your email is at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Okay, guys, I, I would like to spend more time on this one, but up against it a little bit here. So this is from Ma- Mike D. Dear Bald Bull, Piston Honda, and King Hippo. You guys need to Are those that. Mike Tyson punch-out characters? They are, and uh, not in order of the way they show up, I don't think. Keeper League. All right, the, the question's about Juan Soto. A lot of people have questions about Juan Soto. What is wrong with Juan Soto? He is batting 228 with 41 strikeouts in 33 games, 21 walks, and he's been terrible since coming off the IL, 2 for 18 with 9 Ks. His OPS has gone from 835 to 759. Do you guys have concerns about Juan Soto? I have concerns about him being the immediately elite player that I think we probably all at least hoped he would be. Uh, coming into this season, I mean, I know he was elite last year, so that's kind of a silly way to frame it, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Elaborate. No, I don't. I know what you mean. Um, no, I think Juan Soto is going through a bad stretch. There may be some adjustments the league's made. 
He's made some adjustments that I think are mostly positive coming into this year. The, he is hitting the ball in the air just a little bit more. The ground ball rate that was a little concerning from last year has gone down a little bit, not quite as far as I would like. He's just swinging and missing too much right now. I He's an extremely talented, extremely young kid, and he's going to be very, very good again soon. I want to. I think last season he was the best hitter in baseball against fastballs and like the second worst against all other pitches. Um and baseball savant's not loading, so I can't check <laughs> if that's been the case in 2019. I always look, when a lefty's struggling, I always look at how he's doing against lefties. And really, the problem for Soto, he's been terrible against righties. I don't buy that at all. I think that'll turn around. So I, I think you're looking at a guy who has struggled since coming off the IL, and his numbers look a lot worse. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year, but I didn't think that going into the year. I didn't draft any Juan Soto because I'm always afraid of the sophomore slump, which doesn't seem to have a rhyme or a reason. It just happens sometimes. Uh, so that's just me. But I, I feel like this is a good time to buy low on Soto because I'm getting a lot of questions. People very concerned about him. Brendan wants to know if we can discuss Eloy Jimenez amongst all these recent call-ups. And Jimenez should be back very soon. And how does Jimenez rank with Brendan Rodgers and Austin Riley, etc.? I'd rather have him than all of them. He is by far the most talented of them. Okay, this is from AB. Subject line, most added, most dropped, swapometer, which he says is trademarked, fully patented. Most added, most dropped, swapometer. Would you drop any of the following for any of the following? Would you drop Donaldson, Daniel Murphy, Will Myers, or Eloy Jimenez to pick up Hira, Riley, <sighs> Rogers, or Malik Smith in a categories league? Um, I would. I there's one. I'm kind of done with Will Myers. Yeah, in a points league for I, sure. In a categories league, Myers is always a little better. But yeah, well, I'd rather have Malik Smith than Will Myers. In yeah, the exactly. League. He's the droppable. Yeah, Will Myers isn't running much this year, is he? No, oh, he's got four steals now. So, I, <sighs> I probably wouldn't. But I am also the guy that misses out on most of the prospects especially the most of the prospects that get called up in April or June because I drafted those guys. I think the guys are good, and I just wait. Now, I did not draft any Josh Donaldson at all. I was afraid he was going to be terrible. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been particularly good either, and he's already had one flare-up with the calf. If you wanted to drop Josh Donaldson, I wouldn't think you were stupid. I'd drop Myers before I dropped Donaldson, though. I would too. Yeah, yes, yeah. but I'm saying if you wanted to get two of these guys. Okay. I yeah. would not drop Eloy and I'd like to give Daniel Murphy a little more time just because the upside's so high in course field. A week from now, two weeks from now, I might be ready to drop Daniel Murphy. Yeah, I think at one point earlier this week, well it's probably still true cuz he hasn't played all week. Um I think he's had something like 65% of his plate appearances on the road so far this season, so not letting him play at home. That's that's one thing. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, real quick from Samuel, team name Tuesday on a Friday, Verdugo Horizon. I love it. From George, can I get a player evaluation on Cole Irving, Philly's starting pitcher? Yeah. Uh, he's a pitch-to-contact guy in a bad environment for it. Um, so I have pretty low expectations. Mine was faster. From Tim, grade the Mine trade. Mine was more helpful. A lot of grade the trades here. We never do grade the trade anymore. 14-team points league. I give up Pete Alonzo and David Dahl. I get Jose Ramirez. I think you take it. Uh, yeah, you you do. Especially in a head-to-head points. Ner nervously. B-minus. From Paris I, I'm to Germany. <laughs> He's moved down in the order. 
Uh, Boris in Germany. Gotta get him going. Give up Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies. Get Shane Bieber and Will Smith. 100. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm not 100% sure Bieber's better than Hendricks, but I do this one. Hey, Will Smith is really good. I know they stink, but man, when he pitches, he's lights out. From, yeah, he's going to be someone's really setup man in about be. a month and a half, though. Or closer. You never know. From Justin. Maybe. Gray the trade, Lindor and DeGrom for Turner and Scherzer. Oh, yeah. I assume it's Trey Turner. Oh, yeah, that's I did too. Uh, it's a, uh, Today, it's a B-plus at least if it's Trey Turner. If it's Justin yeah, Turner, I don't know. Probably not. Probably a bad trade. Yeah, because I don't think Scherzer's that much better than DeGrom. Uh, but if it's Trey Turner, then yeah, you do it. From Everett. Give up Bogarts and Mike Miner in a points league. Bogarts and Miner. Get Marcelo Zuna and Luke Weaver. And he's fine at shortstop. 100. And B plus. That's a good trade. From yeah. Phil in Arizona, Brandon Lau and Frankie Montas. Give up Lau and Montas for Buxton and Archer. 95. I don't think I like that one, actually. You, you, you've reached the point of Frankie Montas is better than Chris Archer. I've reached the point of Brandon Lau is better than Byron Buxton. And ah. Montas might be as good as Archer. The, who has a higher strikeout this year? Uh, Lau or Buxton? Oh, Lau. I would guess. I think this is a C. Yeah. I'm I can a, see both sides. Uh, 68. <laughs> 68, okay. I'm going to give Let's you some, some random That's stats. Oh, and you're grading on a curve. That's a D, buddy. I'm going to give you some random stats, and you tell me if they mean anything to you. Brandon Nimmo has nine walks in his last six games. He walks a lot. Yeah, that's uh, about confirmed. It. So that's all it means to you? Yeah. Gene Segura has homered four times this year, three of them at home, two straight games, and he has more home runs than steals so far. Gene Segura. Uh, that means that he plays for the Phillies, and he's not going to run as much this year. And you could also hear that on our March 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th podcasts. But he's probably going to hit more home runs this year. Yep. He's he's probably someone who will be about as valuable as he was last season and also be a lot less valuable than he was last season. Which, yes. Yeah, I think Although, he's probably like the 15th shortstop or something. That's crazy because like... He's going to give you good batting average. He might hit close to 20 homers. Because he had a 20-homer season in, in Arizona. Not 20. Mm -hmm. He had 16 homers. Totally made up the 15th ranking. Um, so I now, I'm now looking to see. He missed some time, so I would assume that's. Yeah, he's not in the top 20. Right yeah. behind Glaber Torres. He did miss time, though. Okay, uh, Matt Chapman has struck out 13 times in May. It's May 17th, people. After striking out 13 times in April. So the K rate has gone back up for Matt Chapman. Yeah. He's good. Not maybe not maybe not great. Maybe just really good. Dan Vogel, Dan Vogelbach has three hits in his last three games. They're all homers. That's not sustainable. <laughs> but overall, um, he's the number 14 first baseman in fantasy. He's been hot and he's been cold, but still 12 home runs this year in 38 games and 26 walks to 35 strikeouts. For I think he's a pretty good hitter who walks a ton, and that doesn't make for a super valuable fantasy option. CJ Crone is a top six first baseman over the, his last 30 games. He got off to a terrible start, 508 OPS in his first 10 games, but CJ Crone 
Last 30 games, batting 274 with 10 home runs and a 923 OPS. And he's only 39% owned. I'm going to try to move him into my top 30 first baseman. He definitely belongs in your top 30 first baseman. That would put him ahead of Mancini, right? Mancini's in my top 30, but just not by a lot. Mancini needs to be in your top 30. He is. I just said he is. Would you rather have CJ Crone or Jake Bowers? Crone. He's actually hitting. Would you I guess I can move Miguel Cabrera out of my top 30 to I make room for CJ Crone. I mean, where do you have Jake Bowers right now? 29. Okay. All right. Get out of there. <laughs> CJ Crone or I Dan Vogelbach? I can move Nate Lau out since he's not on a, on a team right now. There you Probably go. should. CJ Crone or Nate or Dan Vogelbach? Vogelbach. Mm, I think Crone. Don't start tr- acting like you like CJ Crone. I don't, but he's gonna play more. He's more proven. Like he's been a decent guy, a decent hitter the last couple of years. Thirty homers. He's last gonna play. Year. Yeah, he's gonna play more. You don't like. And I, I and really like when you look at Daniel Vogelbach's uh, batted ball data, the first like month, it was incredible. And now he kind of looks sort of average-ish. So it's because C.J. Crone's hot streak came this month. And months are artificial constructs. I mean, we just no, no, but it's but it's also like Daniel Vogelbach hasn't sustained the success. We've seen C.J. Crone do it for a full season. Okay. We've seen, yeah, we've seen him be above average. Yes, we've never seen Daniel Vogelbach be an above average hitter for a full season. Has he been below average in the last month since he was good? Like, he's still been good. Yeah, he just he, hasn't been great, right? Vogelbach but he also went, doesn't play every day. Vogelbach yeah. went ice cold, and now it's maybe he's snapping out of it. I, I think a lot of these, like, sluggers are streaky, and, you know, depending on when we have these conversations, Luke Voigt is a perfect example. I mean, so, so he looks droppable right now. He looked like a, a total breakout stud in the first month of the season. Vogelbach, right. probably the same. Vogelbach, does he, he doesn't sit that much, does he? I mean... He doesn't what? He doesn't sit he has, that much. He, sits he has appeared in 15 lefties. games against lefties. Yeah. He has yeah. started four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. We are running out of time to talk about two-star pitchers, so we should probably get to that. We don't care about Jason Kipnis and his double dong, right? No. <laughs> yeah. And Christian Yelich hit two more home runs. That gives him three on the road this year, and Christian Yelich is the best hitter in baseball. Besides Cody Bellinger? Besides Mike Trout. And Mike Trout. He is... Should he's he be, very good. He's the second pick in the draft. Ahead of Cody Bellinger? Ahead of Mookie Betts. Yeah, he has to be ahead of Cody Bellinger. He's been better than Cody Bellinger. You realize that, right? In fantasy? Yes. He but, hadn't been as of yesterday, so I guess he passed him yesterday? Yeah. Yes, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. did pass him yesterday. He did, he did, yes. Okay. I, I'm actually surprised. I thought... For sure, he had been better than Bellinger going into yesterday. They have very similar stats. Bellinger hitting 401. Wow. All right, let's look at those two-star pitchers. Where are you? Do we have to? There we are. Yeah. All right, Trevor Bauer, starter sit. Start. Okay. Zach Wheeler, starter sit. He has Washington and Detroit. Start. I'll start because of the Detroit matchup. Jose Quintana's a start. Herman Marquez at Pittsburgh home against Baltimore. Yeah, start. Yeah. Zach Eflin at the Cubs and at the Brewers. This could be a disastrous week, but if Eflin comes out of this, these two matchups looking good, we might have to reevaluate. But starter sit Eflin. 
I do not want to start him in those matchups. No, yeah, that's that's too tough. Jake Odorizzi at the Angels home against the White Sox. I'm fine with it. Yeah. He's probably overowned after this week. Okay, I think it's an like easy this coming week. Easy call to start. At San Francisco and at St. Louis. Yeah. How about J Hap at Baltimore? He has struggled against Baltimore this year. At Baltimore and at Kansas City for J Hap. Yeah. You start him. Disgruntled J Hap. Not happy about getting yanked in the fifth inning every time out. He should pitch better. Yeah, like uh, Jake Arietta at the Cubs and at the Brewers. Same matchups as Eflin for Arietta. I do not. No. Eduardo Rodriguez at Toronto and at Houston. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Sure. Matt Strom. Like the best thing about him right now is that he gets a ton of strikeouts and Houston strikes out. Is it least frequently or second least frequently? I think it's Angels 1, Houston 2, but let's check. I go to this website called teamrankings.com. I don't know if it's reputable or accurate, but it seems like it is, and they have... It's a good domain name. I'm glad you're promoting them on the podcast. (laughs) Angels has the fewest strikeouts (laughs) per game, and the Astros second fewest, followed by the Twins and the A's and the Dodgers. Yeah, it's a good site because it breaks things down by game. Runs per game, strikeouts per game, probably any stat you want. Uh, This early in the season, we're starting to get to the point where per game doesn't quite matter as much. But check out check out teamrankings.com. Team advanced batting. Run you got a new sponsorship, didn't you? No. <laughs> By the way, use Run our promo code. Uh, <laughs> all right, back to uh, the two. So Matt Strom, Arizona and at Toronto. Yep. yep. Oh, this guy's pitching great lately. Julio Tehran at San Francisco. He had and at four Lewis. walks and four strikeouts in five and innings last two night. Runs, he's not pitching great. Two runs lately. in his last three starts. He's terrible. He's not. Te- he's, please don't call him terrible. He's not terrible. He's but terrible. Is he a sit? Not being so mean to Julio Tehran. He's one of the ten worst pitchers that has been a starting pitcher for the last three years in Major League Baseball. Yeah, but that's only like there's only like seventy guys. Right. So he's been top sixty. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, he has not. Okay, I don't think he's starting Julio Tehran. How about Marcus Stroman, Boston and San Diego at home? Probably not. I'd rather not. A points league, yeah. I'd rather start him than the two Phillies guys. Wade Miley, White Sox and, and Red Sox at home. Kind of iffy. He is next to last on this list ahead of only Julio Tehran. <laughs> you Darvish, Phillies and Reds at home. Yeah. Ahead of Miley and Toronto. <laughs> yeah, he might he might pitch nine innings. Chris Archer, Rockies and Dodgers at home. Yeah, for sure. You obviously have to start Chris Archer. Uh, in a points league, not <laughs> a roto league. With his track record? <laughs> Spencer Turnbull. Yes, start him. And then we've yes. got Samarja, Mike Leak, Brett Anderson, Andrew Kashner, Felix Pena, Daniel Norris, David Hess. Oh, Daniel Norris will not be a two-star pitcher. Manny Banuelos, who probably won't make his next start. Shelby Miller, eh, he might. Manny Banuelos has been on the IL 11 times, by the way. Edwin Jackson and <laughs> Dylan Covey. That's true. I heard that on the broadcast. I'm looking at a league that is probably the deepest league that we play in. And <laughs> all of these pitchers you're naming are currently owned in this league. And I'd just like for you to know that Chris, oh, is it the Dynasty League? Chris has Manny Benway yep. on a team. Yep. And probably starting in this week. No, no. I have started him in the past, though. He yes. had some pedigree. Yeah, you hang it on. That's why, that's why I traded pedigree. for CC Sabathia. There you go. Okay, one-start streamers for the weekend. 
Just tell me start or sit. Merrill Kelly against San Francisco. Where is it? Uh, home. Arizona. Start. Yeah. Oh, so if we were at San Francisco, you'd say sit, Merrill Kelly. I would have really started him for sure in San Francisco. <laughs> I had to think about it in Arizona. I just jo- started him a lot more. Jo- Jordan Lyles at San Diego. Sit. 100% dependent on where you're at in the week. Cole Irving against Colorado. I I don't see it. I'll sit him. In you- Philly? Yes. Start. Believe me, I would not have been asking if it had been in Colorado. Saturday, Lucas Giolito against Toronto. Start. Yeah. Steven Matz at Miami. Start. John Means at Cleveland. Start. Start. Corbin Martin at, at Boston. Great streamers this week. Sit. No, I, there are a lot of interesting ones. Corbin Martin at Boston. Sit. Chase Anderson at Atlanta. Sit. The Griffin Canning Company at Kansas City. He's just not going to get a ton of strikeouts against this matchup, you would think. No, no. That, see, that's where TeamRankings.com comes into play because they, they actually do strike out a lot. Uh, well, yeah, they're, ni- they're ninth. They're ninth fewest in strike. They're not a low. Ninth low fewest. They don't strike out much then at all. I won't say no, they're no, like sixteenth they... in runs, right? Yeah, they're the, the they're middle biggest of the thing about Canning is the swing strikes and the strikeouts so far, and. You know, he's not going to... It's very unlikely he's going to pitch into the sixth or seventh inning, so you need him to have a good amount of strikeouts, and I'm... Yeah, I'll sit him. I'm sitting him because he just has been crap. Uh, Jared Eikhoff against Colorado on Sunday. Start. Start. Ronaldo Lopez against Toronto. Start. Eh, Yeah. Danny Duffy or Tyler Skaggs in a game in, in Los Angeles. Danny Duffy and Tyler Skaggs. Sit both. Kyle Gibson at Seattle. Yeah. Start. All right, listen, Chris, without giving yes. anything away, without honestly, without saying anything, are you exci- how excited are you for Game of Thrones on Sunday? Series finale. Did they get different showrunners between episodes seven and eight? Such a, such a baby. You don't get to complain about Game of Thrones. You're such a bandwagon fan. Like, you don't even like The it. entire nation is complaining. And I want to go back to the... Because I, I was kind of silent on the Reynaldo Lopez thing for just a second. We got, like, two more minutes, right? Uh, like, we'll what do, happened we'll that made show. us... I, I thought... Because I thought maybe, like, I was out of town. Reynaldo Lopez threw another really good outing. Like, he had an okay outing against the Indians. He's got a 5.5 ERA, and all of his peripherals are in the fives. Why do we think that Reynaldo Lopez might be good? Stand by your guns, Chris. His changeup. Didn't you hear? He's, no, he's, been, his, he's his, been good against good matches. He's only had one bad start in his last six. Uh, the strikeout rate has been way up. 41 strikeouts in 36 and two-thirds innings. The control has been pretty good. Uh, there are signs that he's figuring out something. I'm not saying he's great, but just pointing to a 558 ERA. Well, he, had, he gave up... 18 runs in his first three starts, but he's been pretty good ever since then. All right, guys, we're out. Let's wrap it up. Thank you. You made your point. I think the most per- the person most excited about the Game of Thrones series finale is Heath, since he doesn't want to hear about Game of Thrones anymore. So have a great weekend. Enjoy Game of Thrones. Enjoy your baseball. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Baseball. Tonight.